Welcome to Success at Scale, the podcast that covers business stories from experienced entrepreneurs, business leaders, and startup founders that know how to translate business ideas into business results. I'm your host, Greg Stein, and today we're going to talk to Kanal Gandhi, founder of EZPT. I can't wait for this conversation. This is one cool dude, uh, so get ready. Uh, Kunal, thank you so much for joining us. So please, let's just start with a little background. Tell us about you, my man. Hey, Greg. Big, big thanks for having me. Uh, love the energy. So a little bit about me. I, um, I'm from New Jersey. I grew up in a house where my grandfather was a stroke patient. And when we put him in a nursing home when I was 14, uh, on the opposite side of the tree, my mom had a stroke. And so I spent a lot of time trying to learn about health and wellness I became a personal trainer uh, at 16 years old, and I started selling programs on a note. Um, and that sort of evolved into, um, you know, coaching people at my university. But um, I ended up injuring my back myself. And so that's a little bit about um, why we started EZPT. And I'll sort of get into the, the company and the details here to come. That is amazing. I mean, quite a quite a story. So, so like, rewind for me for a second, right? You're you're a young guy. Were you into tech at the at the beginning, or like, you know, how did this kind of all evolve and come together? You know, my dad had always pushed me to learn how to code growing up, and I never did. Um, I thought I wanted to go into medicine to try to help people like my mom and my grandfather, and so um, I studied I studied neuroscience and computer science at the University of Pittsburgh, and only picked up computer science to build this company, uh, to be honest. And so wow. basically, uh, yeah, and no technical background prior to, <laughs> prior to this company. That's crazy. That's crazy. So now has that proven to be a challenge or like, or is that maybe an advantage? I think, I think at the beginning it was a challenge, but, you know, just putting myself around really smart students at the University of Pittsburgh, you know, they, there's a lot of great students in a great computer science program there, and they've really helped me learn and grow, um, fairly quickly. And so, uh, yeah, it just, it just kind of worked out that way. Awesome. So now let's get into EZPT. Tell, tell us what it is, how it works, uh, who it's for. Absolutely. So EZPT is for anybody who can move their body, uh, anywhere from a stroke patient to an Olympic athlete can benefit from our app. And so what EZPT is, is we're a movement health company. If you set up your phone against the wall, like you're making a TikTok. It'll track 20 points on your body, 20 on your hand, 15 on your face, and give you the exact exercise programs and real-time feedback when you perform the exercises. That's killer. So, you know, what's funny, I, I personally broke my ankle at the beginning of the pandemic. It was like the worst, right? Because, you know, it was pandemic time. It's crazy. Anyways, in the scheme of things, look, it's nothing compared to what most people were dealing with out there. So I, I'm thankful. But no, I broke my ankle and I went to physical therapy, right? And it was like... To me, it was kind of like a joke in a way, right? Like I was like, you know, there were sessions that I went to where they're like, okay, we're just going to measure now. And, and they don't actually do anything, right? And I was like, what's the point of this, you know? So is this, are you kind of filling that void? Hey, Greg, that's exactly what I went through. So when, when I went to physical therapy, um, I, I'd seen about 15 for my back. No one could fix me. And I'm, you know, I'm a young guy. I'm 22 years old. And so having back problems in my age doesn't really make sense. When I'd go there, they take out this protractor looking device called a goniometer. And yeah. so they would say, Hey, how far can you bend your back? And every PT that I went to would give me a slightly different reading and days that I felt better would give me worse readings than days I felt worse. So sometimes there was a lot of confusion. And 
So we, we thought this archaic method needed to change and using computer vision and motion analysis, kind of like how they do in Disney, um, you know, we basically are able to create objective measurements as opposed to the subjective measurements uh, that our naked eye can use. That's crazy. So now what stage is the company in right now? Yeah, so uh, we've raised a pre-seed round of funding and you know we're growing fairly quickly. We have a team of 16 to 65 year olds. So the 16 year olds will make our TikTok and that's where we're getting all of our traffic and growth. It's all organic. Um, and the, 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 the older guys on the team um, have been former CEOs at large ins- uh, insurance companies and, and healthcare companies, as well as employee benefits. So it's a wide range of, of talent. And I think that's what makes our team so unique. It's, it's, it's a very diverse group. That's so cool. And how are you bringing these people together? How are you finding them? You know, honestly, when we first started the company, my co-founder Jay and I, uh, Jay's down at Georgia Tech and he's down in Atlanta. Um, we met at Pitt and when the pandemic struck, we just finished a startup competition. And with the small amount of capital we had, we would go rate, uh, we, we'd go reach out on LinkedIn, the PhD students who had their internships canceled at Google or wherever they wanted to work. And we were like, hey, we're working on this really cool project. You know, it's something that you could at least put on your resume, if nothing else. But if if it works out, you'll be able to, you know, maybe change millions, if not billions of lives. And, you know, that's been our mission from the beginning. It's it's to reduce pain and 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 get rid of, you know, back pain and neck pain and shoulder, knees and, and hips. So um, LinkedIn cold outreach was the start. And then as we started to bring more and more people in, they'd bring in their friends and be like, hey, like we're making a real change here. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. So so I remember I, I, you know, two days before my MCAT, we started working with a professor over at Stanford Medicine. And so, you know, this was, to me, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I packed my bags up, told my parents, hey, like, you know, I'd love to be a doctor, but I think that this path is sort of the right path for me. They were totally on board with it. So I ended up moving across the country. And, you know, after living there for a month or two, I, I went to the same burrito spot. It's called uh, Taco, T-A-C-K-O. I go there every day. Um, and one of the cash register uh, ladies comes up to me while I'm sitting there eating. I had my, we used to be called simple back in the day. So it's a little infinity logo. And so I'm sitting there eating my burrito. She comes up to me. She's like, Hey, how are you doing? I always see you here. And I'm like, I'm doing well. She's like, I love um, that app. I-, I love that app on your hoodie. And at this point, you know, maybe we only had like a thousand or 2000 people on the app. And, and I could tell she was from Europe. You know, she mentioned she was from uh, Slovakia and I was like, you know, there's no way you've heard of this app. I, I-, I just don't believe you. She's like, no, no, I have, I have that app. I, I'll show you. It's on my phone. I said, what's it called? And she's like, I, I don't know, but I, I can show you right here. She pulls up the app right on my phone. And, and this was like one of those days when we were like, you know, should we pivot? Should we work on, you know, it was never like, should we quit? But it was like, should we try a different market? And, and in that moment, it was like, wow, like we have to keep going. And, and you know, Jay and I are just young guys trying to figure it out. Um, and so, I mean, it's just been an incredible journey, incredible, uh, blessed to have a good team. That's awesome, man. I mean, the startup journey is something we should talk about here, right? Because, you know, you, you start on this journey, you think one thing, something else happens, right? It's never exactly what you think. You're always trying to plan ahead and, you know, all this, but like, it's kind of unknown, right? And, and you do need to pivot along the way. What, what has your journey been like? Like, what's the ups? What's the downs, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I'd say at the earliest of stages, we would try to get validation from these startup competitions. Cause again, we had no money and we'd go to investors and they'd be like, yeah, like we're not going to give hundreds of thousands of dollars to a little kid basically. Um, and so I could tell that, you know, at least in, in 
from my perspective, there was a lot of frustration because I'd start to see other companies start to gain momentum that were doing similar things. And so, you know, we were, when we, when we first started working on this, we, we were first and we, we felt, you know, we felt like we wanted to use that as an advantage. Um, and so that was the biggest, I'd say up uh, or down that we'd face. But then when we win these competitions and I think we, we placed it about 15 or more of them. And, um, you know, that sort of helped us get the ups, but we'd start to tie our self-worth and validation in these competitions. And so after we sort of removed ourselves from that and been like, Hey, we need to start actually focusing on user growth. And we need to actually start focusing on, you know, the impact that we're making in, in people's lives. That's when the ups and downs started to go away. And we started to become better leaders for our team and say, look, let's just stay neutral and, and, and continue to progress one day at a time. Cool, man. So let's talk about other you know, digital health apps. I mean, it seems like there's always, you know, something else happening in the, in the digital health space. And, you know, how do you, you know, stand out? How do you differentiate yourself? And, you know, how do you tie in like artificial intelligence and computer vision and all these other concepts? How do you, how do you kind of bring that in? Yeah. Um, in terms of other companies that are out there, there's a couple I'm really excited about. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I'm excited about them. Um, they are bridging physicians and, and day-to-day sort of providers. And when I say day-to-day providers, I mean your trainers and nutritionists. Um, you know, our company is different because we bring orthopedic surgeons, physical therapists, and trainers together. But then in the nutrition side, there's companies like, uh, there's one called Found, which I'm really excited about. The Bumble COO left and uh, started this company where she, she basically has MDs in a group chat with your nutritionist. I think that's the direction of the field. And then that's where things are going to start going. Um, so bringing it back to easy PT, you know, let's say you're an injured athlete, right. Um, and, and, and an athlete could be any age, right. And, and an athlete could be someone who works in a warehouse, someone who works as a nurse. Um, but basically, you know, you got a low back pain. And so you sign on to our app and you go to PT, um, you, you do the virtual assessments and such. And, you know, it could either be escalated or de-escalated. Escalated meaning you need surgery, de-escalated meaning, hey, I'm done with physical therapy, let me go to a trainer. Because right now, when you run out of pers- uh, physical therapy sessions, they throw you back in the fire, you go back in the gym, you hurt yourself again. And that happened to me like six times. So oh, I, I can relate, I told you, my ankle, it's still not, still not what it's supposed to be, you know? It's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what makes this different. I think, I think bridging the healthcare professionals with your trainer, your day-to-day health coach and um, making that real continuum is is our mission at EasyPT. Yeah, and and so like, how do you get someone to stay with it, right? Because the problem I think that you're really trying to solve here is getting somebody to to stay with you for a longer period of time, other than just going to a session or, or logging on and logging off, right? Adherence is the number one problem across, I think, all of any app that exists or health. You know, in healthcare, I think it's one of the biggest problems that everyone's facing. And so what we've fundamentally uh, built our app with is these principles of gamification. You know, the way that you, you know, play Mario Kart for hours and and other things. A lot of our team members grew up playing video games. And, you know, I I did a little bit, I'll admit it. But um, what I'll say is it's it's really addicting getting rewards and incentives. So we've, you know, we have streaks where if you work out for a number of days in a row, this little fire emoji will start counting and all of that data gets sent back to your PT or your trainer, and they can actually see, hey, this person's on a streak. We also have an adherence ring. You know, we took some inspiration from Apple Watch and others that use rings. And um, in our case, it's, hey, did you actually complete your workouts out of the seven days? 
you know, out of hundred percent, how many were you able to complete? And so if they start dropping, we'll see them turn yellow. And if they aren't doing workouts, we'll see them turn red. Um, and the PT can go into their dashboard and, and ensure that they're progressing safely. That's makes sense. What do you think is the biggest challenge that, you know, the healthcare industry is, is facing today? I think the biggest challenge that comes to mind for me is, is prioritizing care um, and optimizing that for costs, right? Like you, you, re- realistically, you know, to perform a surgery, it's not, it shouldn't cost a million dollars, right? It, like the tools that are being used aren't a million dollars worth of tools. It's the time of the surgeon and, and you know, the, the entire insurance game. I think it's, it's really tricky um, to basically optimize the two uh, time spent and cost of, of surgery. And, and so that's like, that's like one thing that I'm really particularly passionate about because there's so many people out there suffering from chronic pain and whether they need surgery or they don't need surgery, um, they might not have access to the care that they're looking for. And so another principle that we're really building EZPT on is, hey, if you have a smartphone, iPhone or Android, you can pick it up and stream content helping you, helping you with your chronic pain or get access, you know, in the future, we're, we're, we're going to be having, you know, our providers on there. You'll have access to these providers and be able to have a conversation with someone immediately. Makes sense. What, what is the, if there was one thing you could do to change the whole healthcare space, you know, what, what would it be? There's so many, there's so many things that come to mind here. I think, I think the biggest, um, another topic I'm really passionate about is data, data privacy. Um, and also, you know, from the patient side, letting them know that, Hey, you giving your health information to companies in general is actually a good thing because we'll be able to make better predictions and, you know, give you more preventative care. I think on the, on the healthcare side, they should be incentivizing people more and more for taking care of their health on the preventative side. So, you know, if you work out regularly, you know, employers are starting to give incentives, but I think, you know, increasing those incentives in different ways and new creative ways will essentially boost adherence and solve some of these problems. If you think about MSK, uh, musculoskeletal conditions, so pain, it's about 4% of the GDP. It's about a trillion dollars spent last year. And when you think about healthcare as a whole, it's 20% of the GDP. So like, you know, pain, heart disease, obesity, these are like some of the biggest issues that the country is dealing with. And if we could reduce that spend, we could start investing more in creating new jobs and building new technology. And, um, you know, I think maybe lowering our gas prices, you know? Hey, no, that's a whole other can of worms <laughs> these days. <laughs> well, but no, I, I, I love it, man. I, I think you're, you're really, you know, thinking about things in a broader sense. And I, I, I applaud the way you're, you're thinking about it. I think there's a lot of moving parts in the world of, of healthcare right now. And, you know, I, I love your your thought process around the, you know, applying technology and gamification in such a way that actually, you know, you're you're solving a real a real problem that exists. I'm telling you, I would have loved it from my ankle. I'm bringing it back to me, but I'm telling you, it would have been nice to have. Anyways, I digress. We look, we went out way out into healthcare. We've talked about technology a little bit. Let's come back to you as a as a startup founder as as somebody who's kind of leading, leading the shift here. Um, what, what do you think is the most important lesson that you've learned as a startup founder? Uh, being relentless. I, I talked about this on a TikTok I made the other day. Um, Tim Grover, who trained Michael Jordan, 
wrote this book called Being Relentless. And he talks about there's basically three types of people. Coolers. Coolers are people who can't really get it done. Closers are people that try to get it done and then celebrate their victories and you know feel like the world's amazing and, and until until the next challenge hits them. Cleaners are people who just get things done and they, they you know they move on to the next thing like the way that Michael Jordan was and you know guys like LeBron James are now. Um, and I think as a startup founder, like we like we talked about earlier, like highs and lows are going to hit, and so staying level headed and like. Like that, that's probably the biggest lesson that I've learned over the last few years. And it's still, it's still something I'm constantly working on. Um, but just being absolutely relentless is, is key. What does that mean? Is that grit? Is that being relentless? What is What does that mean? Yeah, I think discipline. What, what is it? I think it's, it's every, it's all of them, you know, hustle culture and, and stuff you see on these platforms usually are like, don't sleep and stay up and work all day. I think it's, it's quite the opposite. It's get enough sleep so that you could perform at the highest possible level um, and, and eat properly and, and work out regularly. Not because, you know, yes, there's physical benefits of it, but, but mentally, you know, you have to perform at the top of your game as a founder, you know, your entire team is counting on you to, to be, you know, a sharp decision maker and, and an effective leader. And so those are, you know, those are just basic habits and, and, and you set the bar for your team. So, you know, I, I wake up thinking, hey, like what what activities can I do that's going to be uh, essentially uh, pushing the team and pushing the boat forward and and um, being relentless and, and being gritty and, and just not giving up. And again, I think of Dave Goggins, like, you know, just running and running and running as far as you can, because it, it is a marathon. Um, you know, that that's what I think about when I think about being relentless. Well, it, it's so interesting, too, because I, I do think that there's this startup culture that being relentless is misinterpreted. And you started to touch on this a little bit by saying getting enough sleep. I think you're right, which is to be, you know, find the whole self. But there's actually something else that's been born in startup culture, which is to be relentless in such a way that it's kind of like a, a show, right? It's, it's, you know, and to me, it's so counterproductive. Um, rather than, you know, there's a phrase that they use uh, the uh, tagline at, at Berkeley College of Music is uh, to be rather than to seem. This is something that I, I embrace and live by on a, on a very regular basis every day. And I just see like, but there's this whole culture of like, you know, startups and unicorns that have just, you know, skyrocketed. And then you realize that actually they're just totally full of shit. Um, right. So it, that is being relentless, too, is it not? I a hundred percent agree with you. It's, you know, there's a lot of noise out there, but at the end of the day, I, I applaud the founders that are trying, you know, at the end of the day, they're trying their best and it's, they signed up for the hard road. You know, a lot of people think that it's all glory and it's all raising a bunch of money in the, in the startup space. And maybe for some people it is right. Like, but at least in my experience, like we had the work, you know, and for three years we've launched three times. Our third launch is coming up this week. Like we've, throughout all the work that we've done over and over had no incentive for the first two and a half years. We didn't pay ourselves. And, um, you know, it's, it's not all glory until the end, until you literally are ringing the bell or, you know, you're exiting. And, um, I, I don't know. I totally agree with you. I think you're spot on to, to, to be and not to seem is it's a great quote. Yeah. Uh, I, so on that note, on that note, so where do you see yourself in, in five years from now, right? Like now you've been grinding on it. You've launched three times. You're going to launch five times, 10 times, whatever it is, but you know, cool. Where, where are you in five years from now? 
you know, I, I can't predict the future, but what I can tell you is I want to be somebody that inspires the next generation of, of young founders. Like, I think at the end of the day, um, I look at some of the folks that were 27 and they might've been fitness creators, like the like Christian Guzman's and, and Steve Cooks of the world that were doing YouTube back in the day. Like those were guys that I grew up following. And like now my mentors or the, the idols that I sort of used to follow, um, had changed, but, um, you know, I just want to be someone that, that 19 year old Kunal could look at and say, Hey, I, I can do this too. Not idolize. I, I want them to say, I could do this too. And, you know, as I've started to meet some of these creators and, and folks that I used to like look up to as a kid, I'm like, these guys are human. Um, and so I want to be someone who's just, you know, very approachable, very human and, and um, someone that could, you know, just be a voice for, for younger folks that are trying to, you know, build a startup and, and make a difference in the world. Well, let's say that that, uh, that young person is sitting there right now listening to you. What's the one piece of advice you would give them right now that has, that has you know, really helped you uh, achieve all the things you've been able to? So, so at the University of Pittsburgh, they, they had this big idea advantage fund and they, they invested in our company. The guy named Dave Toth started net ratings. He's my, he's my coach right now. He's my go-to. And Dave always says, keep a high do to say ratio. That's you know, cool. say you're going to do certain things, do them and then do even more. And so that's just the advice that I would pay forward to anybody listening, you know, keep a high do to say ratio and, and, and always push yourself to, to, to keep going. Cause at the end of the day, like in a startup, you're competing with yourself. You're not competing with, you know, the guy next to you and, and, you know, you're, you're it's you in the mirror. It's kind of like going to the gym. And so, well said, well said. Now, what about somebody who's out there right now? Look, it, it's been crazy, unpredictable times, right? And so not everybody's having a good time right now. So, you know, what would you say to someone who's out there right now who might be, you know, struggling and, and you know, trying to get up off the mat? I, I think, you know, a lot of people ask about the, you know, glass half full or glass half empty. To me, it's like, if you have a glass, you have a glass you know, <laughs> hold the glass and fill it with whatever you can and, and stay, and stay hydrated. Keep pushing. That's, that's how I think about it. I love it. I love how you kind of think like an athlete in the world of business. Right. And, and you mentioned that earlier, and I really am hearing that kind of resonate in everything that you say it's high performance athletics in business. And, and I love that kind of takeaway. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, you know, like I said earlier, you, you have to be at the top of your game because people are counting on you. And that's not only your teammates, but your, but your customers at the end of the day, your users, like they need this app to exist. I know so, like, you know, chronic pain affects so many people like, and, and, they, and they're older than me. I, I still have energy, you know, people yeah. that are in their sixties and seventies, like my, like my grandfather, you know, he'll do like light stretching and this mindful movement sort of notion of um, it's like meditative movement that, that, that is what we want to provide at the end of the day. And like, um, and, and they need it. So we have to perform. <laughs> so, so what's next for easy PT? What's, what's next? Yeah, we want to be the world's movement platform. Um, anybody who has access to a computer or smart device or, or yeah, uh, they, they'll be able to receive the exact exercise program for their body. Well, that, that sounds like it is something that is absolutely much needed. And I'm super glad that you're out there every day hustling 
uh, and grinding uh, with tenacity to get it done. Uh, well, Kunal, I, I got to say, man, it has been such a pleasure, you know, connecting with you today. Where can people find you and EZPT online? This is your shameless plug right here. Do it, okay. man. Yeah. So my my Instagram, Kunal Gandhi 99. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm posting a ton. I have a new series coming out on LinkedIn. Um, I have I'm on Twitter at the Kunal Gandhi. I'm on uh, TikTok. You can search me up, Kunal Gandhi. And then if you go on uh, easypt.xyz on Instagram, easypt app on TikTok, and um, yeah, you could you could find us basically anywhere. Easypt, it's just four letters, so you, you'll find us no problem. Well, Easypt is pretty badass. Kunal Gandhi is even more badass, and I'm so glad we got to uh, connect and get to know each other today. Hopefully, this is the beginning of a much larger conversation. Um, thank you so much to everyone who's listening. Thank you so much, Kunal Gandhi, for joining us. And uh, to be continued, my friends. Uh, so uh, this is Greg Stein signing off uh, with success at scale with Triple G Ventures. We hope to find you next time. Until we do, please like, share, subscribe, do all that social media good stuff, and we'll see you soon. Peace. Peace.